Now, if you don't know what the Word says, you don't have any ammunition. You don't have any weapon. You've got the name of Jesus, but you won't have the faith to back it up if you don't know it's solid from the Word of God. Welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Join Gloria and Kelly Copeland today as they discuss who is ruling your temple. Discover how letting go of alternative sources will allow Jesus to become your daily bread. Now here's Gloria. Hello everybody, welcome to the Believer's Voice of Victory. Kelly's back with us and she's going to be teaching us on... Well, we're going to talk about Jesus being our bread, the sustenance, our daily word, our manna. Really, we're, that all comes back and begins with faith. Yes. So I'm going to be talking about faith. Good. And I'm thinking, do I do that with Gloria Copeland here? Yes, the mother, yes, yes. <laughs> the mother. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. I'm but still learning. It feels like sometimes that you're a mother of faith, and you've certainly been a mother to my faith and teaching me and thank you i don't presume to teach you something you already don't know but we'll just talk about it again and oh, yeah. jump in you and know you should get revelation every time you read the same thing over and over well that's true and it's funny that with the word and especially these days he's bringing us you know the word talks about the priest going into the back room and getting out new revelation Really, we're in the last days, so we're learning some stuff. That's right. And as you learn something new, it affects what you already knew. You know, I believe throughout eternity we'll be learning some stuff. Yes. And we're we'll keep learning. We will. And we're in the age today that Jesus is bringing his body together. Mm -hmm. That means he's bringing truths together. That means he's he's building his body up. He's raising us up. We're going to talk about that. Good. John 6, he said, I will raise them up in the last day. And so God. that's where we're at. So, you know, I believe here while we're sitting here and you're sitting at home or wherever you are listening or watching that we will see things that we don't know we oh, know. Oh, absolutely. Because we yeah. have the Spirit of God on the inside of us. And as you read His Word, it comes in and it brings enlightenment on new things and new revelation. That's I mean, right. none of us know it all. We're still it, learning. It's a trick of the enemy to, in the back of our minds, convince us that we do know everything. I'm good. You know, I know a lot <laughs> and start thinking that we got this. So then Satan tries to trick us with something we don't know yet. But we do have the spirit of the Lord on the inside of us. And we're constantly learning Praise and God. grabbing and holding on to the truth while reaching out more. for more from Jesus. And that's what I love about you and dad. I'll just, you know, say publicly, you and dad are like, you're so hungry for more, right. more of his word, more truth. And uh, I love that. And yet the things that you know are so powerful. That's our root. That's your root. And it makes you strong. Well, until you know it all, you got to keep studying. That's right. Which so is going to be a long time. We're, 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 <laughs> we're learning and learning yeah. and growing faith to faith, precept upon precept. So once you learn one for precept, you can stack something on top of that. And Praise that's God's God. way. Amen. And Jesus came to reveal it all. Jesus came, I love, uh, you know, in John it says, 
uh, that he is the expression. He's the word. He's the expression that came from yeah. the father. The message that the father wanted us to have or know or believe, he sent through the son to bring it to us. We and got so it. We're, we, we're getting the we message. We are getting it because he's pouring it out on us and he's revealing and, you know, really he's the, but we, we think, oh, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Is. But in essence, he's really been coming since the garden of Eden. Once God was kicked out, he immediately began to come back <laughs> and he came and he came in revelation and he came in revelation to Adam and Eve and then to Abraham and Moses and um, he came and then he came to uh, the shepherds and he came to Mary and then he came to the shepherds and he was God, God with us, God among us, God Emmanuel, God in us. In us, yes. And he began to come at degrees and all through the last thousands of years, he's been coming and coming and coming. And the more he comes, the more we know him. And really his presence is now filling us all up and filling up his body to the degree that the world will know us. This is what John 17, Jesus pray. The world will know us as his. The world will see him in us. They'll see the unity of the body coming up. When the unity of the body of Christ comes, we're going to look like Jesus. You've wondered maybe how Jesus is ever going to pull off a church without spot or wrinkle. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's because we're going to come together and we're going to be like Jesus. He's filling us all up, bringing us together. And it says that the world will know that Jesus loves them because we're one. That's very powerful. Yes, it is. So that's where we're headed. But let's start in Mark 11. Just some of these things. Can I just be really super honest with you today? I have studied and studied and studied. And still, Mom, I have like 20 pages that look like all like just writing because I'm seeing all this stuff. And I'm like, Lord, how does this all fit? And I studied and studied. And I, I couldn't put it in a nice format. And so finally this morning, I'm like, Lord, I'm taping TV today. Where do I start? He told me where to start. But then I just had this sudden realization, Kelly, you're talking about Jesus, the word, Jesus, the bread, Jesus, our manna, not working for it, but he just receiving it, believing it. That's what we're talking about. He's like, I want you to do that with this. You know, so I'm, I'm receiving the word as we go, where to go. I have a lot of study here, but where are we going next? We're just going to flow with all I've Holy been uh, studying Mark 11 for a long time. Well, I expect you to and tell I me. And I might <laughs> show them my, the margins of my Bible. And, and I have a wide margin, King James. And they're all full everywhere. And then I got yellow stickies. This is all Mark 11. I love it. But it is the key. It It is is. the key. If you don't get Mark 11, which is you can have what you say, that's in short what it is, you're not going to have the fulfillment of what you want. In other words, if you need healing and you still talk in sickness and disease, I'm sick, somebody comes in and you say, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm sick, you're going to be sick. You can have what you say. That's the secret of living a life of faith. 
You say what you want to come to pass. Yeah. Amen. And he gave us the words. Yeah, we know what to say. We we say, he tells us over and again, we say what he says. He says what his father says, and he expects us to say what he says. That's right. And, then and if we say do, what he says, we get what he gets. We get victory. We get what he says. Healing, blessing, increase, joy, love. Yes. Hallelujah. It's all in here. So let's get on it. Okay. Huh? We're ready. So just for a little bit of, of background, um, Jesus has, uh, it says he he's approaching Jerusalem in 11, chapter Mark 11, verse 1, and he comes uh, to Bethany on the, comes to the towns of Beth, Beth Phage and Bethany, Bethany on the Mount of Olives. And he tells them, you go to the village and there'll be a young donkey tied there that nobody has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord needs it and will return it soon. I bring <laughs> this up because why is Jesus looking for a donkey that's never been ridden? Was he just so spoiled that he had to have a brand new donkey? I mean, I think sometimes that's why we, we <laughs> want what we want. It was like, no, I don't want that. I want a brand new one. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not what Jesus was after. Jesus was fulfilling Zechariah 9. Zechariah 9 says the Savior will come in on a new colt, a new donkey that's never been ridden. So Jesus gets that direction from his father and he's fulfilling prophecy. You know, there's words written about you and I. And when Jesus tells us something, he's telling it to us to move on it because there's written words in heaven about us. And when we, he tells us something, he wants us to do it to fulfill what's written about us. That's really powerful. Anyway, so Jesus is doing that. That's why he does... He doesn't do anything without purpose. And he says in John, we'll probably read it sometime this week. He doesn't even do anything on his own. John 530 says, I can do nothing of my own. I just do what my father tells that's me right. to do. That's right. And so he, that's what he's doing here. So they, of course, the donkey was there. They bring it to him. And so they're headed in to town now. They're going to come to Jerusalem. And of course, everybody's just so excited about him. And here he comes, the son of David. And they're throwing down the palm leaves and laying down their coats, welcoming Jesus. That didn't last long. They got mad at him. But he, they welcomed him in this moment. So he came to Jerusalem and he's about to really make them all mad. He's, he, he, he did not care that this is going to set them off and put them on the wrong, on the wrong side of well, him. Well, he spoke the truth. He did. And they didn't want to hear it. They didn't want to hear it. What is he doing? He's bringing cleansing. How many times does he, ooh, that just, like I felt like shuffling in my chair. Maybe you did too. Because that just occurred to me. How many times he brings cleansing to me and you kind of go, you want to resist it. And, uh, but he's bringing cleansing because he goes God. into the temple and it says, he looks around carefully at everything. It's interesting. I never noticed this till dad pointed it out one time, mom, that, you know, he didn't throw over the money changing tables that day. He didn't just react to what he saw that was not right. What did he do? He waited till the father 
told him what to do about it. Yeah. And he came back the next day and did it. I think we would do a lot better if we would wait for instructions. We're he endeavoring did. to do that very Amen. Fine. But it says he left because it was late in the afternoon and he returned to Bethany with the disciples. The next morning, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off, so he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. And Jesus said to the tree, may no one ever eat your fruit again. And the <laughs> disciples heard him say it. Now you may say, well, why did he do that? Because it wasn't time for fix. Why did he say that? You know, there's only one reason that he did it that I know of, and that is his father told him to do it. Well, they learned something from it. They did learn they saw something it from it. dry up instantly. They did. And but the reason he did it was not because he was hungry or mad. The reason he did it and the reason he did everything. And we're just going to keep pointing back to this fact Excuse that he did what his father told him to do. He was showing them how faith works. Exactly. That's what he was doing. And it says, when they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. I will tell you this about Jesus. He's all about motive. You can do something, maybe the right thing to do, but with the wrong motive, it's the wrong thing to do. He always judged himself, his motive, and his actions by what the Father told him to do. That's right. And that's and he always did what the father and he told always him to did. do. And he and he would do he would say constantly, I can do nothing of myself. Yeah. I don't do anything of my own. Because he says, I'm not here to do my will, I'm here to do the Father's will. That's right. And it says, um, he said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations but you've turned it into a den of thieves. You know what? Let me point out right here that when he walked into the temple the day before, what was going on in the temple did not match what the word said. What was going on in the temple did not match what the word of his father declared about the temple. Now, one thing I want to... He said you made it a den of thieves. Isn't that what he said about mm -hmm. the temple? He said, you've it made here, it a but... den of thieves, but the scriptures declare, or his father had declared, that my temple will be called a house of prayer. That's right. So it can't be a house of prayer for all nations and be a den of thieves at the same time. So in Jesus' turning over the money changers' tables, turning it over from being a market and that being the motive, and having thievery going on in the temple. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a rerun of that. <laughs> Maybe, I believe there will be a movie of it we can watch. <laughs> when we get to heaven. Exactly. Um, it couldn't be that and a house of prayer at the same time. But it had been declared in the scriptures that it was a house of prayer. So what did Jesus do but come in and bring correction? And then what did he do? He began to teach and he began to it began to become a house of prayer. And you know, you could look at your own life 
and this is what we're going to be doing all week long, is comparing these things we see in the word of his to our own life. So what's going on in our temple? Yeah. Is what's going on in our temple, what the scriptures declare? Is your body healed? Or is what's going on in your temple of your body sickness or lack or poverty? Just picture right now, Jesus, like turning over the money changers, turning over that thing in your body. Turning over the sickness table. Yes, turning <laughs> yeah, it like over that. because the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, by his stripes. That's right. What? You were, you were, were healed. healed. You were healed. So that's what the Word declares. That's what the Father declares. That's what I believe. That's what I declare. I have been healed by the stripes of Jesus. Yes. Now, as you well know, my, your father and my husband and I have been in divine health for years and years and years because we believe that Jesus himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases and by his stripes, we were healed. So when sickness comes to knock on our door, we say, no, we're not taking it. Well, We've been healed. Mom, let me just, let me, let me get you to make that clear for people because I think people hear when you guys say we walk in divine hell, I think people hear that as to say, you haven't had anything come your way. You haven't had any sickness try to knock on your door. And that's not accurate. No. Just because you have declared that Jesus is your healer that's right. and the word is true doesn't mean you haven't had opportunity. Well, when sickness knocks on the door, we go to Isaiah 53, 4, and we stand on that scripture that he himself bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases, mine, and by his stripes we were healed. And so then we speak to that symptom or whatever it is, and we say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I commend my body to be healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And now I'm in my 70s, Ken's in his 80s, and we've been well on that scripture. Not that we've done anything great. We just received it. Jesus did something great. He bore it. He bore sickness and disease for me and for you Amen. and for you. And it doesn't mean I haven't called over there sometime and y'all sound like, hello, Kelly, <laughs> like all stuffed up. If that doesn't mean sounded, you didn't have an opportunity, but you stood on the word. We sounded that way out. all the time. We sounded that way. <laughs> we were believing God. We are That's here. right. And, and you weren't saying help. I'm sick. You weren't receiving it. What were you doing? Just what Jesus did. You're driving it out with the word. And when Jesus came in and drove out the money changers, he didn't just say, I don't like this. I'm tired of this. This is supposed to be my father's house of prayer. <laughs> he drove it out what? with the scriptures. That's and he right. said, um, the scriptures declare so that you can do that too. You can just say to your temple, the scriptures declare yeah. we're healed. And that's what you guys do. And it doesn't right. matter if it's healing in your temple, if it's lack around your temple, you know, when you have opportunity to, to, uh, re to receive a lack somewhere, you say, no, my, the scriptures declare and you drive my God meets my life. needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now, if you don't know what the word says, 
You don't have any ammunition. You don't have any weapon. You've got the name of Jesus, but you won't have the faith to back it up if you don't know it's solid from the Word of God. So you get in the Word and you find out what it says and you take it. That's just faith. That's just the way faith is. And faith always produces results That's right. in Jesus' name. And you'll find Jesus didn't do battle without his Father's Word. Jesus didn't do battle on his own against an, uh, sickness, against sin, against a demon. It is written. He said his Father's words. He Even when the Father spoke to him about how to handle something, he did what his Father said. That's right. So <clears throat> I think that's really good. that's the way you are supposed to live. That's right. That's right. And so it says, when the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. Uh-oh. Instead of taking good news. Yeah. Instead of taking it like good news, Jesus handled this for us. No, they decided they'd kill him because it didn't agree with their, what their, their plan and their, what they wanted to do. Well, let me just point out here, and this, this is what happens too in people's lives sometimes. They didn't agree because they're the ones making the money. Yep, They've right. created an alternative source to God. And when the Spirit of the Lord comes in and begins to drive out the root of the alternative source, what happens? Your flesh rises up. Their flesh rose up because Jesus is messing with their bottom line here. Mm -hmm. But instead of God the Father, they were in this shape because they had lost sight of God the Father as their source. God spoke the Ten Commandments and he said, first one, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Well, by the time Jesus came, they had created a God of themselves, their religion, and their marketplace. And Jesus turned it over. And I'm telling you, Jesus does that, doesn't he? He'll do it. He did it there. He'll do it in you the way he's done it in me. And if you go along with the process, you're like, Jesus, let me get in there with you. Let's get rid of this alternative source that I have hooked my wagon to, and I'm going to get back on your word. And you know, as much as you know these things, Jesus will, it, Jesus will discover things where you've hooked into something else, and he'll shine light on it, and he expects you to just join him in faith Amen. to correct things. And um, so that's what happened. You know, we didn't get all the way down to our favorite scripture, but we have tomorrow left, so we're not done. <laughs> we're just getting started. I hope we have things. longer than tomorrow. Well, <laughs> Yes. I'm believing for We've long got two life. weeks, two weeks, two weeks, two weeks. <laughs> and we're just going to take it one line at a time Thank and just Lord. see what the Lord is saying to us in his word. And it's going to begin to drive out alternative life out of us that is not of him. And then that leaves room for him to be God. Amen. Don't go away and Kelly and I'll be right back. And we're going to pray for you. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries. And remember, Jesus is Lord.